Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Inside the NFL Trend Zone, the Week 9 edition, the NFL Trades deadline is in the rear view. That occurred at 4 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday, Halloween. And so now we're transitioning to the second half of the season. Uh, with all the, there was, there was a lot of trade. There was some relative movement. I don't know if there was quite a bonanza like some anonymous executives and experts foresaw, but there were still some meaty trades. And we're going to dissect him, and we'll probably get into some Broncos chat and maybe some Vikings items along with Josh Josh Dobbs becoming a Viking. First, however, betonline.ag, the last of the major pro sports leagues, is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. BetOnline remains your top spot for all your live betting actions and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline is your number one source for your wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to BetOnline today and remember to use the promo code from us, Believe, B-L-E-A-V, Believe, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. The NFL's trade deadline is come and gone, and we were told there was going to be uh, unprecedented movement. I think there was a lot of cool movement. I don't know that it was quite as dizzying as some of Anonymous Executives says, as teams, in theory, would position themselves for Drake May and Caleb Williams. But we're going to jump into that, and the first one I want to talk about is the San Francisco 49ers. I want to know, Cody... How many, how many defensive linemen do these guys need? Uh, I they got Chase Young for a third round pick. I think every contending team was like, really, that's all he cost. And they just had Randy Gregory. Um, the the other spot on their defensive edges isn't great. But when they got Gregory, you thought it was fixed. But they're also getting Chase Young. How can they keep getting away with this? Yeah, it, the trade blew my mind. And in retrospect, like it's more understandable, but. Um, of why he went for a third rounder, Chase Young, to the 49ers. What, what kind of blew my mind is how 30 other teams weren't in on this yeah. and how how was it the 49ers that got away with it. To be honest, though, I mean, if it wasn't in the NFC East, it probably would have been the Eagles at that price. <laughs> but the 49ers are loaded. Uh, I actually totally forgot about Randy Gregory. And in my mind, I was thinking Drake Jackson, uh, um, former USC, uh, I think second, third round pick last year. So, I mean, that just goes to show we both had a different guy coming off the bench in our minds. And, uh, this team is loaded mm-hmm. at defensive line. Uh, what they really need though is health and for this bye week to get them a little healthier. So, uh, kind of criminal that, uh, Chase Young went to the 49ers of all teams. Um, I also thought it was interesting that Washington trades their two stud pass rushers, bad timing for their prospective deals coming up as the team was just bought by Josh Bidwell. I'm expecting a removal of Ron Rivera likely before the end of the season. Same. It makes makes sense. So you can see what you have in former uh, Kansas City offense coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. Uh, Let's let's go forward as a roster. This team 
already it was a leaky second it had a leaky secondary secondary unit with their two established pass rushers with the combination of that toothless defense now and an offense that lends itself to shootouts washington is going to have some bonkers games this season i'm also going to tune in to watch these guys for the first time they're 29th in rush attempts third in pass attempts 11th in total plays so they got a good pace they like to sling the ball now they're not going to be able to stop absolutely anybody um <laughs> Let's see. Let's some of these pieces that aren't going to be here in 2024. Let's push them to the side and let's see some new guys like Chris Rodriguez. Uh, I wish Antonio Gibson would have gotten traded. Jahan Dotson, he's going to be on the rebound. Um, the commanders, they're on a pace to allow the sacks allowed record. I mean, these commanders games for the rest of the season, season somehow, some way have turned into kind of must-watch must games with so much focus on 2024, the now uh, not only leaky but toothless defense, like I was saying. And um, But at the end of the day, I would have liked them to see them keep at least one of those pass rushers, probably Montez Sweat mm-hmm. diving into this stuff. You could see that his stats up to this point were secretly better with his pressure rates and games played and things like that. Um Likely, though, they knew neither player was going to resign, and they should definitely push this trade deadline back two weeks as well. Absolutely. Hey, how how good? I mean, this is—I don't want this to sound like a stupid question, but how how good is Chase Young? How I mean, is this guy like assuming health, of course, right? So he's like what twenty-five. Yeah, Isn't somewhere he? around there. He's still pretty young. Yeah, yeah, young. So he's still got at least a, a good. I think he's established, but overrated. Like, like at first, and why I came to that conclusion was when I heard Montez Sweat went for a second. I was like, whoa, like that's a, a little cheap. And then you dive into the details, find out he's in a needed contract and things yeah. like that. And then Chase Young later gets dealt for a third, and I was like, what? Because I I initially thought Chase Young, like if you wanted to trade for him in. Shoot, September, he was going to start with a first-round pick. And oh, yeah. just like that, that it was a third. Now you're seeing that reports that maybe he um, went rogue on a couple of plays, wanting to make splash p- plays. He had a way less pressure rate, I believe, than uh, Montez Sweat even did. So, so but, like, um, is he a top, what, top 10 guy then? Or top uh, he, no. He probably will be with the 49ers well, he, across yeah. from Nick Boza, but can, not with Washington. Yeah, I can give you the, the – so Chase Young is only 24 years old right now. Like, I mean, he could almost be drafted again this year. We'd be like, oh, cool. This is a new yeah, yeah. by his age. Uh, but he has been utterly ravaged by injuries. Um, he played yep. nine games in 2021, three games in 2022, and seven games this year. Uh, so here, here's the thing. He's had, is it 14 sacks in four years, which for the second overall pick – is a nothing burger. So that's yeah, a Miles Garrett prospect. Yeah. Yeah. So that has underwhelmed. Uh, but however, whether it's with the 49ers or if it would have been the commanders, or if he goes somewhere next off season, we could be doing this show in week three and talking about chase young being, Oh my God, this guy's a top three edge rusher and nobody would be surprised. Right. So, yeah. so assuming health, like I said, I mean, is he, you just said it top. He potential top three. So like when he is actually played and I, I have only seen glimpses, of course, it's not like I watch Washington every week, mm-hmm. but he's a badass from yeah. what I've seen. He, he can yeah. be, he, he can eventually be a badass. He's been decent so far 
And then he's been injured, which is why they only got a third, because in all likelihood, this is just going to be a rental for the 49ers. Yeah. Same mm-hmm. thing. Same thing with a lot of these trades, like uh, the Vikings got rid of Ezra Cleveland, probably because he's going to be a rental. Uh, Montez Sweat, uh, (laughs) he said he wanted to examine the lay of the land before he signs a long-term contract. That made made me smile. Yeah, and he went went to a team already in the toilet and I think is rebuilding, but has Justin Fields maybe is already rebuilding. I don't know what the Bears are exactly. Uh, So Chase Young, I would say right now, is a top 25 edge rusher, but... If all of a sudden in the next two games we're like holy shit, then I be, I wouldn't be surprised at all if we determine he's a top three edge rusher with yeah <laughs> top top three ceiling for sure yeah, yeah there you go uh, Wes mm-hmm. so riddle me this uh, first of all I want your reaction of the eye roll of this guy going to the 49ers but how on earth can a defensive line with Jonathan Allen Montez Sweat Deron Payne and Chase Young have the 28th ranked defense in the NFL per EPA per play. Uh, Ron Rivera's a terrible coach at this point. More so, Jack Del Rio, the defense. Isn't Ron Rivera's a defensive guy too? Isn't he? He is. But, uh, but did you have Jack Del Rio, Rio is is running the show over there, and he's <laughs> horrible. He be out of a job. Yeah, yeah, he should be. And he will. He should have never been hired after the Broncos fired him. <laughs> so what? What about the outlook to this guy to the Forty ers Uh, I mean it. it Improves the the defense line for the 49ers. Uh, I think after their showing against the Minnesota Vikings, where they were a little uh, lackluster, they they were looking to add some oomph and uh, punch along the defensive front. Uh, they also needed to counter uh, move by uh, the Seattle Seahawks a day prior when they went and got Leonard Williams. Mm-hmm. Um Seahawks are going to take the division. I'm just Yeah. Saying. Oh, yeah. I, I, I called this, it before this the season. Helps. This helps the 49ers. Uh, a lot of it will come down to health. Um, as of now, they have a, a good track record of taking on an uh, oft-injured player, uh, as they did last trade deadline in uh, CMC. And he, for the most part, has maintained health. Um, I'm thinking they're hoping to catch lightning in a bottle again with uh chase young and um you know maybe the the culture of the 49ers will will help uh motivate chase young and get the most out of him. uh with him being a free agent he's definitely going to want to show out and um you know do the best he can so that he can um you know hit the off season and and get that second contract um, do you do you know off the top of your head if they get a comp pick if he leaves since they traded for him i think they would i think so i mean if he if that is true then they could be getting a rental for a third rounder so they they would get their pick back essentially yeah and they already traded one of their compensatories for him so, or, or, or at least it's back stock of one of the compensatories. They, they have more brain. compensatories than most teams do regular draft picks. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's the Lynch train. So how does that, yeah, I still don't understand quite how that all works. Cause I noticed that last year when they had like six more comp picks than the Broncos did entire yep. picks. Yeah. It's, it's usually like the bigger the deal, right? Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's repayment so to speak for when a when a player 
a free agent, a somewhat productive free agent leaves your team or uh, in their minority case, coaches. yeah, minority coaches. Which they now, have does Mike that McDaniel play? and they have Demeco Ryan's. Uh, does that do those players, though, that, that you just referred to, that, do they have to have accolades like all pro or pro bowl or no, it's do like- they have? I think it's tenure and I don't know if it's games played. Like it doesn't matter if just some moron from your practice squad leaves, but if it's like a tenured a veteran, yeah, tr- like a, a, a tenured veteran who might, might be a starter. I can't remember exactly what the criteria is, but it's basically if it's a guy, you know, on your team who started for about three or four years and he departs, uh, and, so, and it, but, but then you can't replace him immediately with a starter. It's weird. Yeah. yeah and so, then, and then those compensatory picks just get kind of trickled in with the rest of their draft yep, picks, they just awarded. have more picks. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they just bring this guy in. They say, "Hey, you ball out. Go get a bigger contract in the summer. We win. You win. We got to get a rental who was playing for a deal. I mean, yeah. it, it's honestly on the 49ers front. It's genius. It's probably great for Chase Young too, just to get out of that organization. <laughs> I mean, it's not toxic no more, but I can't imagine a lot of players are wanting to resign there still. Yeah, there was uh, several other trades. Uh, Wes, is there one in particular? You're the one that uh, came up with the topic. Is there one? Did you want to talk about Dobbs to the Vikings or which one did you want to talk about? Um, uh, I mentioned it uh, just a minute ago. Okay. Leonard Williams to oh, yeah. uh, Seattle. That That's a big one. That kind of kicked off, um, you know, the 24 to 36 hour mm-hmm. uh, trade deadline uh, run up. And. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think it uh, it's a good move by Seattle. It positions them to um, maintain the lead that they have in the division. Uh, it reunites Leonard Williams with Pete Carroll uh, from their USC days. So, I mean, this in my mind, it's it's a positive uh, positive move and one that made a lot of sense for them. Yep, and he's 29, which is a median age for a defensive tackle like him. So it's not quite like, you know, a running back, of course, or a wide receiver at 29. And if they spent a second and a fifth, I believe was the, the price for him, then that means the, that this is probably more than a rental. They'll convince him to stay aboard for two or three extra years, and then the trade will probably be worth it. But yeah, he uh, he's a one-time Pro Bowler. He came in the league in 2015. He's one of those almost like from Vikings talk, like Dalvin Tomlinson in terms of consistency. Like he's always just good. Uh, I think he had like 11 sacks one year not too long ago. Was that 2020? Yeah, 2020. And yeah, he's been uh, he's been a New York product. He's been a Jet and a Giant. And what was he coming out of the draft? The uh, first pick, the sixth overall pick in 2015. So he gets a chance. Yeah, the Jets were stacking up defensive tackles back then. I remember um, <laughs> you had the uh, Quentin Muhammad, and then you had the guy who came, uh, Sheldon Richardson, and then um, Leonard Williams. I mean, those defensive lines, I thought they were going to wreck the league for like a decade. <laughs> <laughs> but then the- that was that back with Rex Ryan and company, or when what? Muhammad was, and I think also Sheldon Richardson. Yeah, Richardson. I was going to say it. Yeah. Well, let's let's let me ask you, Cody, about Josh Dobbs because uh, because since he became a Viking, that's been at the center of my world for about a day, and I spent <laughs> I spent about an hour last night watching tape and highlights of 
Josh Dobbs. And I, for the life of me, can't figure out why he's just been cast off repeatedly from bad yeah. teams in the last two years. Uh, I've said on a couple shows already today, if I walked my laptop over to my neighbors who watches football once in a while and said, mm-hmm. watch this guy, that neighbor would probably be like, holy shit, this is the MVP, isn't it? And I'd be like, nope, yeah. nope nobody wants this guy. He's been t- traded twice in the last two weeks. And so I want to know, even though you're a quarterback optimist on the whole, what warts are we going to see from Josh Dobbs? Because the tape doesn't show a bunch. Yeah, I mean, I think his his floor really is below average quarterback play. And as we're seeing this season, then we'll take it. I mean, all this le- all this talk of the league expanding to more teams, we can't even find 16 quarterbacks to play well. Huh. And um, Josh Dobbs, I mean, like you said, if you were showing some friends some of his plays, they think he's great. <laughs> and then he told them that they didn't nobody wanted him. I mean, to just a casual observer, they'd have to think that he's toxic or he stinks or <laughs> yeah. something. You know, he don't brush his teeth or something like that because <laughs> – that with the results that he's given and the games that he's put up, he should have been kept as QB two in a couple places. Like I, I judge, I lose respect for the Cleveland Browns for thinking their QB room was just fine and dandy with, with cutting Josh Dobbs and then actually deciding to trade him for nothing. Mm-hmm. Same with the Cardinals. Uh, I've been kind of crushing on the Cardinals this season. Cause I want to, I, I want to see them turn it around and, them moving Josh Dobbs in the wake of Clayton Toon and the Kyler injury. Is he coming back or not? I mean, that's another, I'm like, what are the Cardinals doing? (laughs) And as a Vikings fan, I was really just fingers crossed that we weren't going to get hamstring ourselves Mm -hmm. um, by making a move or not making a move. I didn't want to be caught up Creek um, without a paddle two weeks from now when Jaron Hall is in this scenario atrocious mm-hmm. nick mullins is not better or not back and we're, we're throwing sean mannion out there just so that our head coach and our gm cannot look like idiots for not bolstering the quarterback room like we don't want to go out there and and be like if jaron hall is not ready this week it's okay because we got at least we've shown that we needed to go fix that solution and bring in someone like Josh Jobs. We're not just going to sit here and let this run into the ground and not make any moves at the trade deadline. Um, I, I think it was a great pickup. And like, I'm sure you've, you've heard a lot already. This is a way better scenario to walk into than anywhere he's been yet in his career. So and, uh, uh, I, I'm a fan and I think that he will start more games in Jaron Hall. The Vikings truly threaded the needle with their competitive rebuild mantra with that acquisition because they did exactly what I guess you wanted. They didn't do nothing because that could have been the pathway to Sean Mannion, who we all know and don't Mm -hmm. love. Um, But uh, (laughs) then you were like, all right, well, what are we going to just send a first and a second for Kyler Murray? Yeah, and then have a top 10 pick that we lose or something like that. That would be our luck. Yeah, that, that yeah, there was rumblings about Tom Brady too. Just to give you that, <laughs> yeah, well, that was that, yeah. I I, I like the guy started those. That was a fever like 
a fever group think where yeah. Dustin, all Vikings fans are in the moment and they're like, we need a solution. Who's the man? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm surprised Kaepernick wasn't mentioned. <laughs> oh, he was, but the further we get away from 2016, which is when he last played, the la- the the less meat any of those rumors have. Yeah, it can't be Kaepernick's gotta be like what 40? 35, I think. <laughs> He's fucking yeah. old as shit. Pagan played the league last when he was what 26, right? Something like 20, that. I, no, I can't believe that much time has passed. Yeah, it's it's the 2016 season is when the the kneeling. It was 2016 or 2017 is when we had the the kneeling uh, deal because that was right when the world, the, the United States, were dividing on fault lines politically, and it was the perfect sports issue or worst sports issue in your estimation. You know, just to, to pounce on that. Uh, but yeah, with Brady. Uh, Kevin O'Connell said at his press conference Monday, you wouldn't believe some of the text messages I've got in the last 24 hours. And I, I don't know if we'll ever learn if that was like Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, Tom Brady. If somebody told Kevin O'Connell himself, he should play because he's only 36 <laughs> or 37. <laughs> but yeah, he said he, he, our minds would be blown by what text message you got. So you got to think it's something like that, Brady. However, if Brady would have been texting him, I'm going to guess they would have obliged uh, because uh, yeah, Heck yeah, his yeah. his grandma grew up. His grandma's from Minnesota, and he used to spend summers in Minnesota as a kid, and evidently loves the state. Um, and yet, right now, no matter who it is, I'm going to ask Wes about it in a second. The quarterback is set up. Suddenly, we have this offensive line that's wonderful. We've been praying for it every night for a decade. It's finally arrived. The defense in the last four games is a top ten bunch. And then the only thing you're missing is Kirk Cousins, who's driven the ship the whole time, and now he's out for the year. Uh, it doesn't sound like, Cody, you're overly, terribly optimistic about Jaron Hall. Is that correct? Or are you just, you have that yeah. Vikings fan cynicism? Uh, no, um, he, I, this is my first year, like a couple times I've stayed on the show, my first year really diving into rookies. Mm-hmm. And I remember Jaron Hall was honestly the first, and and I know that we joke about me and my rookie quarterbacks, but mm-hmm. with this being the first rookie class for me to really dive into, Jaron Hall was legitimately the first rookie quarterback that I did not like. Oh, really? Just uh, too old or uh, not dynamic just, or what? Yeah, the the arm strength wasn't there. And it really started with the senior bowl whenever they were uh, throwing things at him and he kept fumbling and honestly looked like he did not belong at all. And that combined with the average athleticism and he's he's like, kind of too small the dude he's kind of built like baker mayfield it it was just a string of things and then you would see some people kind of hype him up in the draft process and i i remember i really wanted tyson bajan around that same spot we run it one in jaron hall and then they started taking dudes like aiden o'connell who also wasn't the highest on it was really weird fourth round fifth round for quarterbacks Mm -hmm. jaron hall did not like him Became a Viking anyways. He's going to have to win me over. I think, Josh, like I said earlier, I think Josh Jobs starts more games than Jaron Hall. And okay. and like you all said, I'm an optimist, and I want Jaron Hall to be good. I'd love for us to get eight games on a rookie deal for our future QB2. Before we jump into some Broncos chat to round out the final 10, 12 minutes, Wes, I've got to ask you, uh, the Vikings have Jaron Hall, Josh Dobbs suddenly and Nick Mullins, who's kind of a forgotten man because he's on IR uh, in a, in a spiel here. Do you like Jaron Hall more than Cody? 
do you think Josh Dobbs can be like this Geno Smith type that just shows up when we're like, holy shit. And uh, is Nick Mullins ever going to factor into this? Uh, We'll start with that last one first. I don't believe Nick Mullins will factor into this. Um, I think the trade for Dobbs kind of indicated that. I, I don't know if he, if Mullins necessarily would be able to do what the Vikings need him to do uh, in order for the Vikings to remain competitive. Um, you know, first up is Hall. He gets the the first crack at this, and um, I think that shows a lot of confidence from the coaching staff in Hall. Um, I think that that they'll give him uh, four games. Uh, so they'll they'll ride him up until the bye week uh, is what I'm believing. Um, one that'll give Dobbs time to to learn the nuances of the offense should uh, he be needed, but also it, it'll give Hall a fair shake to to see um, what he's got. I think that um, I think from what I've seen from him. Uh, He's got a chance to hopefully establish himself. Uh, he's going to have the weapons. He's going to have the offensive line. I think the the team's going to rally around him. The rest of the team's going to step up. Uh, he he might have had some fumbling issues in the Senior Bowl. Uh, we know about these pre-draft things. I mean, C.J. Stroud, he had... Uh, 18% score on the S2 cognition <laughs> test, which measures aptitude. So, I mean, we all saw how that worked out for him. He started the season ablaze. Um, so I, I'm not one to write him off just yet. Um, I think, uh, especially once Justin Jefferson comes back, yeah, uh, it should help matters. And with Jefferson being out, uh, I believe it's you know challenged Kevin O'Connell to really get creative with his play playbook and Addison's you know established himself. Um, once Jefferson comes back, I, I think with all of that kind of melding and meshing, I'm hopeful that this offense will look a, a lot different and a lot better. Um, one thing for certain, though, we, we got to get the run game going because um, there's no way that we can have either of these two quarterbacks and and not have somewhat of a run game to help support them because they're not going to be able to do the dealing that Kirk Cousins was. Give Cam Akers the rock. And yep. did you all see how I spent all my fab on Jaron Hall in that one league that three of us are in, me, Dustin, and Wes? Yeah. It's because Wes has Jaron Hall all over the place and he kind of knows these things like, yeah i thought he, i thought he i was gonna get a really sweet speech tonight about him and then that was no, wrong <laughs> nope i did it because wes has him like everywhere else and i'm like uh knowing my luck how this season is going and wes calling ivan pace and a couple other things in our past i'm i'm I had to get me a, a yeah. share on uh on jaron hall every every time in the last what, three days i start to talk myself into like this is perfect for him I always go back to this. God, I wish Justin Jefferson was playing this week because that would make things. The last two weeks, we've gotten used to Kirk cooking without Jefferson, but we were anxiety about life without Jefferson with Kirk 
about two and a half weeks ago. And now that can be real anxiety because Jaron Hall's running the show. And then uh, on KOC, as you talked about, Wes, with the offense, um, you know, this opportunity, Gabe Henderson, who works for the Vikings, tweeted, I think a couple weeks ago, or maybe a week and a half ago, that uh, Justin Jefferson going down is the best thing that's ever happened to Kevin O'Connell offensively because it forces him to be more creative. And that was nominated for Minneapolis Radio K-Fans preposterous statement tournament. And I don't think that's preposterous at all. I think it's forced Kevin O'Connell to not rely on Jefferson. And so when he gets back, you can have the best of both worlds. But uh, Jason is neglected over there. So we got to talk <laughs> about the Broncos. We've got 10 minutes, sir. I want to hear your emotions, your thoughts, because you've been on a roller coaster with this Denver team, and then we shall chime in our thoughts. Yes, for sure. But before I do, I, I do want to say, getting back to the Vikings, um, and I think I called this too about three seasons ago on this show about uh, the pieces that they were putting in place to build that offensive line and how long that we thought that it would take for them to do so. And once they finally got it to where it needed to get, it was going to look just like this. So that's how you build an offensive line. And it's great to see. Um, man alive. The, the I, You know, I, I teared up. I teared <laughs> up, and I'm not even joking around here. I, I went out on a limb and I called that game. I said we'd win by 10 points last week. Um, and boy, they came out and they played such good complimentary football. I haven't seen that in almost a decade. I If it's not one part of the team messing up, it's the other defense comes up with a stop. Offense goes three and out. Offense scores a touchdown. Defense just allows the other team to drive right down the field. Doesn't matter. Uh, somehow, if they both do good for a, you know, a specific amount of time, the special teams is going to come in and miss an extra point. It's it's always that way. They, I haven't seen a game played this good by that team in so long. It was very refreshing to see. Um, I think it's collectively good for the entire organization. I said it too. I'm like, this group is so used to losing together. They're so used to it that just get rid of them all. I'm like, the only thing that's going to exercise this demon that's around this team is a win against a team like the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. And that may do it. And that may collectively bring their shift. Of, uh, they may collectively shift their focus as to, you know, anytime somebody on the team makes a mistake, the team thinking, oh, my God, here we go again. You know what I mean? Uh, I think it was more mental than anything else. But, hey, this this could potentially do it. I mean, I'm just excited. I got two weeks to enjoy this win. Um, and, you know, just like that, they're, they're three and five. Yeah. Three and five. They've won. They've been three and two over the last five weeks, which isn't anything but you know you got Russell Will the defense Vance Joseph what he's done in, with that team since the Miami blowout is amazing it really is what they did against Kansas City and he, he deserves the game ball for that just incredible defensive coaching um and then you you, you know you, you couple that with Russell Wilson being in the top five and every offensive quarterback category is impressive and that's flying under the radar everywhere almost you, I talked to anybody that I that knows anything about football and they immediately just say he sucks now because they haven't watched him at all this year. And the Broncos collectively have sucked up until this point and they still probably do, but um, they got last year in their brains, but Russell Wilson is having a great season. So the thing that uh, I'm optimistic about, and maybe next week you'll get to this point. If they could somehow shock the Bron uh, bills who've been up and down their schedule really opens up. They've got the Vikings at home. The Vikings will have Jaron Hall or Josh Dobbs. 
uh, which shouldn't really scare them. Then they have the Browns who are up and down and they got the Texans and then they have the Chargers and then they have the Lions. And so if they turn out like, you know, I picked them in the wild card, uh, the, the time is now for them to pull off an upset and then the schedule gets soft for about four weeks. Now, if the Vikings had Kirk, it wouldn't be necessarily soft, but it is now uh, because they'll have either Josh Dobbs or Jaron Hall. So will Jefferson be back for that one? Yes. Uh, yeah. Un- unless barring setback. Yeah, he'll be back. But it's it'll be a, just a big fat ass question mark about if the quarterback's any good. We're hoping one of them will be. And yeah. that, that could be. That could be like Josh Dobbs' first game as a Viking. You'll never know until then. But that's what I'm optimistic about. And also the lesson learned that when you're watching an NFL team, if they give up 70 points to the Dolphins or if they don't score any points for the first two weeks, that doesn't mean that that group or that part of the team is doomed for the rest of the season. I think as a younger man, I used to be like, I would see the Broncos giving up that many points and been like, well, they're toast. Their defense sucks, Uh, but I've grown and I've learned that one game or a series of games doesn't define a team's entire season. Teams can mature on the fly. Coaches can get better. They can sign dudes or get rid of dudes. And I think uh, what, what has happened on top of the, you know, not giving Russ Russell Wilson any credit because of his quarterback record is you just say, oh yeah, that's the team that allowed 70 points. They're toast. And it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. Yeah, well, and it's good to see. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely unmindful that even though it's Sean Payton, it is still new. And then not only is he new, but the entire coaching staff is new. And and uh, yeah, I mean, just it's it, it, it's the first spark of optimism that I've had in so long. Yeah, it, and, it, and huh. they also didn't have a fire sale, which was predicted, which means that they probably aren't just going to roll over and die like the national narrative suggested what maybe after the first chiefs loss uh, about three weeks ago yeah Uh, cody Cody, you got two minutes to talk on the broncos and then west has two minutes and we're out of here yeah no i i it totally slipped my mind that the broncos didn't make any moves Mm -hmm. um and then jason talking about the team being at three and five uh three four weeks ago we we were not expecting this um it i it's it'll be interesting to see this team the rest of the way because they definitely have some winnable games but they also have some scary games so i think by the end of the season jason and other broncos fans are going to be able to know exactly what this team is going up against teams like the bills the browns the chargers the lions chargers again you know all could be kind of interesting games and then they got some easy games tossed in there as well um the Broncos are maybe the NFL's biggest enigma right now. Um, are they the 25th best team in the league? Are they the 14th? Or where where do you slot them in at? I think that the rest of the way, this could change every three weeks. Let me ask you guys this real quick, and then I'm going to serve, serve it right back to you. I just I, if if for somehow they do beat the Bills, right? Mm-hmm. If they beat the Bills. And then, so that's back to back against the Chiefs and the Bills, mm-hmm. and they're uh, four and two in their last six. Let's just say that, but they're four and five overall. Where does that get them in the power rankings? Um, oh, it definitely moves them up. Yeah, if well, if they beat the well, they already beat the Chiefs. They beat the Bills on the road. That's prime time, right? Yeah, Monday yes. night. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That would that would bring At them, Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. That would bring them in power rankings. I would say. 16th 17th nope that's where i would think and then 
Uh, like I said, the schedule uh, you have, I hate, I hate saying the Vikings is an easy game, but it appears that might be uh, depending on how the quarterback play is the Browns Texans. And then at the chargers won't be easy, but that's the division. Chargers is the yeah. only team that we've been able to beat in the last 10 years. <laughs> so Wes, Wes, you got a minute and 45 seconds. Tell us about the Broncos. Uh, yeah, they, they've definitely surprised as of late. They, Seem to have righted the ship and turned the season around. Um, I'm guessing they just needed a little bit of uh, time in Sean Payton's system. Uh, somehow the the defense has you know turned things around here, and uh, they've been showing out. Uh, they they have an in- interesting mix of games that are left over. Um, they have some pretty decent home games um some of the the road games are a little concerning at detroit uh being primarily the one um but just looking at the remaining schedule i mean i i could see them you know grabbing four or five wins which i i think if they were able to grab four or five win wins they'd um be right in that conversation for um the edge of the playoffs. So, uh, you know, we'll see how they react coming out of the bye week. Uh, as we mentioned, going to Buffalo Monday night football, I think they have a chance to, to make a push here. Yeah, it really, the springboard will be somehow beating the bills. Cause if they do that, I kid you not, then the rest of the next four games are winnable. And before you know it, they could be either 500 or a game above it, but uh, three and six is a little dicey in the crowded AFC. All right, gentlemen, in one week, we'll be at the season's midpoint, actually at halftime or three o'clock of this week will be the season's midpoint. And we'll get into some, I don't know, mid-season stuff next Wednesday. All right. All right. All right. Always a pleasure, gents. Yeah, later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.